Happy wild card weekend, everyone. On this episode of The Real Football Fans of New Jersey, we are giving you our week eight thoughts. Can't believe the end of this regular season is already here. We're also giving our first round playoff picks and going into every single scenario that can happen this weekend. So fill up those wine glasses and enjoy this episode. Hello, hello. I'm still doing my my social media bit. Hold on one second. I gotta good. gotta take gotta take care of the social media. That's what we do. You know what I mean? We gotta take care of it. Okay. Hi. Whew, sorry about that. I was just literally telling Katie before the show. It is freezing where we are, but I have the heat cranked on in my house, so I am low key sweating because I, <laughs> I do have my winter hat on too. So officially for me, my personal football season has come to an end. So. As upset as I may be, maybe more a little bit on the upset side with Bama, aggravated with the New York Giants. I'm closing out the season with repping everyone. So I don't have gear for fantasy football. I don't know where you can <laughs> like that. But um, if you <laughs> there is fantasy football gear, let me know. Next time I'll wear like gloves or something. So. <laughs> but thank you guys, as always, for joining us. This is the Real Football Fans of New Jersey. This is episode 188. Oh, my goodness. Keep tacking away. It's our second episode of 2020. I am so excited for this year, Katie. Not 2020, 2022. Oh what? You know what's funny? I keep saying that. Like, that was literally two years ago. And I keep, I don't know what it is. I think 2020 just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. And maybe it's like PTSD where it, it just kind of comes it out. Is. It is 2022. It's just, it's an extra syllable. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's too much it's to say. Not, it's a mouthful. It's, it's a mouthful. mouthful. And like, I'm not really like about that. So, but it is 2022. And we have so much in store for you this year. Honestly, we are so excited to be back with you guys again for another year. So excited to be back with you guys again for another episode. Um, haha, funny, funny, funny coming in on YouTube already. What's up, guys? Slow sports news week so far, right? Yikes, not slow at all, especially in the New York region, which we will get to. Don't you worry. We know we have a lot of Giants followers, you know, a lot of Giants fans following us. We will address everything, so don't worry. Um, but yeah, so why don't we go ahead and get into it? Um, as always, we love to come after you guys every single week and pull you. We got a ton of of engagement uh, today. Thank you, as always, on Instagram and Twitter from our poll questions. We gave you three. Um, so let's just go ahead and get into it. So we've got two football questions for you and one housewives question. So the first one, which divisional rival playoff matchup are you most looking forward to? The choices we gave you guys were New England versus Buffalo, Buffalo, sorry, or Arizona versus the Los Angeles Rams. So those are your options. 80% um, of you, so majority rules, came back to us with New England versus Buffalo. Katie, what did you vote on this one? I went with New England versus Buffalo, but I'm a bit surprised that it was such a strong majority, considering the fact that um, both of these divisional matchups, when they played each other in the regular season, they were split. 
Um, they went one and one against each other, both New England and Buffalo, and then the Rams in Arizona. And to tell you the truth, I actually think the Arizona Rams game is going to be closer score wise. But I love the Bills are one of my favorite teams to watch. I think they're so fun. And it is very intriguing to see how Bill Belichick is going to do back in the playoffs, a rookie quarterback. I like the storylines better in that mm-hmm. matchup. So I'm more excited to watch that one. What about you? I am too. And, you know, I, I ended up picking that game as well because it really, it, it, when I found out that they were going up against each other, I got that thrill. I got, it was almost like your hair standing up on your arm. It's like, I, this is playoff football, baby. This is what we wait for. And I must say, I love this wild card weekend. I love yeah. this playoff slate. Um, I think that, um, and this is just coming from the mouth of a true just football fan. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's, I'm so excited to see what this weekend's to come. But then obviously the entire playoffs and I could sit here and tell you right now, I don't know who's going to make the Super Bowl, And that excites me. Like yeah. it truly, truly excites me as a football fan. So um, I ended up going with this game also. And you guys will see, we're going to play a game later. Um, but with Arizona and the Rams, like, as I was doing more research, like into the game, excuse me, into the, the, well, yes, the game, into the game on this weekend and into everything like so far in the season, like I did kind of excite myself a little bit for that game, but I'm still very much more excited for New England and Buffalo here. So they're definitely going to be are, a good one. Both are excellent matchups. Like yeah. the playoff gods were like, here you go. Here's these yeah. two phenomenal games that you get to watch. The so whole weekend great. is good. Like I, I'm ready for it. Like let's just, yeah. let's fast forward to Saturday right now. Oh please. <laughs> All righty. So number two, so this is for the entire uh, 2021 season. So who was the sketchier team this year? The Indianapolis Colts or the Los Angeles Chargers? 69, nice, of percent of you said the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Um, I I went with the Chargers, actually. And mm-hmm. I, but I we did ask this question. So I. I believe that these are the two sketchiest teams of the NFL season. And trust me, there were many sketchy teams. So I kind of like had to go back and look at both of their schedules and remind myself of the games they won and the games they lost. And he had that really slow start, but then they mm-hmm. were a powerhouse and teams were really afraid to face them in the playoffs. They looked like a shoe in. Right. Obviously, they choked worse than I've ever seen a team choke in recent history, losing the last two um, to miss the playoffs. So I feel as though up until that very end, like they kind of weren't that sketchy. They had been good and consistent for like a while Mm -hmm. after that beginning hiccup. Uh, Whereas Chargers were up and down and up and down and up and down all season long. They had phenomenal, like big, big time wins. And then they just had really random head scratching losses. Mm -hmm. I felt as though going into the season, I had higher expectations too for the Chargers over Indy. Um, I really, I really thought this was going to be, you and I both were like, the Chargers are our dark horse playoff before the season even started. I think I had them going to the Super Bowl, my dumbass. No, they were a huge disappointment. And I think they were the sketchier team. Yeah. And like, I 100% agree with you. I went with the Chargers as well, literally on every point that you made. But what bothers me with both teams is that you did. So Indianapolis was consistent, uh, consistent, like you had said, but the Chargers had like real high highs, real low lows. How are you both organizations putting yourself in a position where in week 18, you have to win to get in? 
Like you, you can't, if you're that good of an organization. I mean, I mean like, like Indy, and Indy had week 17 to win and get in. So I know. Who tries at it? You sincerely had it. Just, and uh, so, so to me, that's, they're both sketchy in that matter. Like yeah. you cannot be the organization of the franchise that you say you are that from this past season and, and have to like win to get in this late in the season. So uh, that's what I have to say about that. But yeah, you're exactly correct with the Chargers too, because then you watch them in that game to get in. And Justin Herbert leads up and down the field, is throwing. Listen, I hate the fact that they go to fourth down every single time and then make miraculous plays. That gives me uh, the agito when you're watching the game. Just do it on second down like a normal person. But um, you – so why do you lose that game? And I know that the whole tie thing was weird. But, like, why why like that? So I, I definitely agree with you on that for yeah. sure. So. Yeah. Oh, and I would love to, and honestly, if you guys voted Indianapolis, we'd love to hear why. So, yeah. All right. And wrapping it up with a housewives question. And we were talking about, you know, some romance in here. So we had reported a couple of weeks back that Dolores Catania has a new boyfriend. Um, so we're just asking you guys, and we did post a picture. Do you think he's cute or, or, or not? So a whopping 78% of you went with no. Yeah, I went with no. And and here's the thing. I did say this to Caitlin uh, before the show started. I think if we see him on the show and we ever get to like learn his personality, that he could become attractive. Right. And I said to Caitlin, if she started dating Frank Catania tomorrow and we asked you guys this question, I would say, no, he's not cute. But we love Frank Catania, personality-wise. So for us, we're like, he's the cutest. Like, we love him. I know. So there is hope for Dolores' boyfriend to become cute once we learn his personality. But he's very much so not my type of man. What is his name again? I mean, what is his name? Paul. Paul? Okay, Paul. Um, but yeah, so I actually, I put, I put yes. And I was actually very overwhelmed with how many people, know. Um, and I think my, my argument for yes is that I just, I, I don't think he's unattractive. Um, and I think that that's, if I like walked by him in the street, would I be like slowing down and be like, you know, give me your number. No, I wouldn't do that anyway right now, but, um, but just like in like an actual like attractiveness, I wouldn't like stop in my tracks and be like, wow, that person this way. I think the other cast members of New Jersey, if they were single women and they saw him, they would be like, yeah, he's fine. Like, because he's your typical, like, yeah, exactly. It's like New Jersey typical kind of guy. I think they would all like him. Me personally, that's not my type. Yeah, definitely not mine either. But I don't think he's bad looking. He's like, not that's why I said yes. No, he's yeah. really not. So that's why I put yes. So okay. it is what it is. We'll see a little bit more. I'm also like a huge like proponent of like pictures. Like you know, sometimes I think you are more attractive in person. Like, listen, I'm not very photogenic, so I'd ra- I'd rather you meet me in person. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm not. Some people don't know how to smile, so we we've all been blessed with certain things. <laughs> Some people aren't as good with the pictures, but um, that was a fun one to do for sure. And hopefully, I know we're not going to see him on this season. I think they've confirmed, yeah. but maybe in future seasons to come. I, so, I mean, that's a long ways down the road for the next filming. So we'll see if they're together. If we we'll will see. ever get a sneak peek at him, we'll find out. 
We could. I mean, and listen, we're from New Jersey. Maybe we can just run into them in public. I don't know. <laughs> Anything could happen. But thank, <laughs> thank you guys, as always, for participating in our polls. Uh, we love doing them. It's so much fun. Yeah. You guys, We get so much engagement. So thank you guys uh, for doing that. Um, as always, if you are watching live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter right now, feel free to engage with us throughout the show. You can talk about these poll questions. You can comment on any of our topics for the rest of the show. Ask us questions anything like that. Quick reminder, though, if you are watching on Twitter, you have to reply to the tweet if you want me to see it. Um, we are still facing that issue with StreamYard, as many creators are. Or you can pop on over to YouTube or Facebook. Um, while Katie's talking next, I will go ahead and put the YouTube link in there for you. But yeah, let us know. Talk to us throughout the show. We love talking to you guys. Absolutely. Well, let's get into our big stories of the week in the world of football. Obviously, like we had a lot going on. We were wrapping up the regular season. We had the national championship game. We had Black Monday. We have to talk about all of it. So on Black Monday, as it is labeled the day, you know, first day after not, the regular season. Not Black Friday. Right. This is not this is not a good one. This is not, not a good one. Not Cyber Monday. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so Black Monday is the first day after the regular season ends in the NFL, usually the day where a lot of head coaches who are on the hot seat will end up finding out whether they're keeping their jobs or not. And we have many firings to talk about. So um, Chicago. And, and by the way, everybody that, because we were talking about it last week, everybody that I thought was going to get fired, everyone that I named got fired. There mm. were some additional, but everybody that I thought was going to get fired did. And I think Kate, probably you too, I believe. I um, think we like went through all the options last yeah. week. Um, but I, yeah, we said like, there's certain I names on there that I was like, I don't think so. So well, Chicago fired um, head coach Matt Nagy, as we all kind of expected. I think mm -hmm. his seat was the hottest out of everybody. And they also fired general manager Ryan Pace. Uh, Denver, they fired head coach Vic Fangio. Expected that one. Minnesota, they fired head coach. That Mike. happened early. That happened on Sunday, actually. So, yeah. I mean, they, some of them happened, like, right they, after their games were, like, over. Yeah. So. Minnesota fired head coach Mike Zimmer and general manager uh, Rick Spielman. This was the one that really shocked Caitlin and I. I think it shocked most of the football world. Definitely, I saw a bunch of players tweeting about it, being very surprised. Miami fired head coach Brian Flores. I need like a full essay why they yeah. did it. Like I would I love know. them. To like, I, I need like they already made a statement on it, but it was it was just saying like they were relieving him of his duties. Like yeah. I need a full research report, like a twenty to thirty page research report as to why you let him go. I think the fact that Miami won that many games with the roster that they have, which I'm not very impressed with their roster, the fact that they were able to like go on that kind of win streak that they did and have what I think was a better season than I would have expected for them. Uh, it just made no sense to me. No. So that was a very strange one. And then coming, like, when I really thought the dust had settled and the firings were done and Joe Judge was coming back for another year, the Giants were the last to the party to announce and make the decision that they are, in fact, firing head coach Joe Judge. And as expected, but kind of a little bit of a twist, General Manager Dave Gettleman is, quote unquote, retiring. So I think that was just like a nice way to let him ride off into the sunset. Which is bullshit. Regardless, he was going to get fired if he didn't retire. So 
the Giants are on the lookout for their next head coach and their next GM. Um, NFL.com's Judy Batista, and this was before the Joe Judge announcement. I think most people thought it was like over and done with all the firings. But on NFL.com, we did have an article from Judy Batista ranking the head coach openings uh, from most to least enticing. Like if you, you know, if you're going to land one of these jobs, which one do you want? So in order, starting with most desirable, she has Las Vegas, which understandable out of this list. They are the only team that are currently in the postseason. Makes sense. At two, she has the Denver Broncos, three Jacksonville Jaguars, four Miami Dolphins, five Chicago Bears, and six the Minnesota Vikings. I was a little surprised that she had Minnesota. At, uh, it is not my – yeah, I don't agree with her list whatsoever, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I understand even though Jacksonville was like the worst team in the league this year, I kind of get like somebody wanting the opportunity to maybe work with a young quarterback like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I definitely think if you and I had done these rankings, they would have been a little bit different. I mean, with the Vikings, like I know when we spoke last week, you know, Mike Zimmer was was technically on the hot seat. I, I really didn't see it coming, to be honest. Um, I, I thought I thought it was going to happen. I, I really didn't. And a lot of like, a theme that we saw, you know, this Black Monday too was a lot of head coach, general manager out the door. So we did see that theme across the board as well. Um, I, I don't know because uh, the Vikings are again like they could do some shady shit for sure, but, but they're, they're still capable of making the playoffs. Some Absolutely. of these teams right now are not capable of making the playoffs. So, like, I wonder, like, if the Vikings made the playoffs, won one game maybe, or maybe didn't even win. Like, do you still fire Mike Zimmer? Like, I, I don't know. No, I think if they had made the playoffs this year, they would have kept Mike Zimmer. I do. So then what do – yeah, yeah. There's a, but I think a, this for them was, like, this was his, like, okay, do or die this season. Right. Like, you make the postseason, you're fine. If you miss it, we have to let you go. I think it was, like, his end-all, be-all this season. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, no, I, it's definitely an interesting uh, list for sure, but yeah. I don't know. Um, I it, also feel like, by the way, because, um, you know, once it starts, it's like it just spirals out of control. Like once somebody does it, then they all start coming in, like yeah. the hirings. And I know everybody's interviewing right now. Yeah. I feel like it's not my favorite list of potential candidates i don't feel you're like not the only one that has said that that's a very a yeah. hot names out there right now and and granted i'm going to be honest with you i was not in the mindset as a giants fan even though maybe i should have been i wasn't in the mindset of like who who do we want if joe judge gets fired i was yeah. kind of still in the mindset of we were keeping him yeah and now it's like i got to do my homework and some of these names that i'm seeing i'm like ah, nobody's like really jumping out at me you're kind of like, eh, for sure. I think some of like the front runners, like I've seen so far, are Brian Flores, obviously. I mean, he's a great coach. Like, I think I, you know, I would like to see that. What what the Giants are going to go after, though, they're going to go after an offensive minded coach. They're never going to well, go. Give me Eric Bieniemy. That's give fine. I would go after Eric Bieniemy too. The fact that he is not a head coach is mind boggling to me. Mind boggling yeah. to me. Um, I, I really think. That, but you're right. Like even like some of the names that are being thrown out there, whether they're special, not special team, but whether they're coordinators, things like that. Like I'm looking at a lot of these names and I'm like, I don't know. So I a hundred percent agree with yeah. you. And I, I, I guess I probably should have 
got myself ready for this as well. But I think with the Giants, it's and you can go and cry and say that, you know, Joe Judge should have been fired. Everyone's so happy. Yeah, Giants Twitter is blowing up. Everyone's so happy. But like, honestly, like, are we attractive to come to right now? I don't know. You just you're recycling another head coach. I would be nervous to come to this franchise, to be honest, Um, because it's been a recycle. And then the last time that we had a really decent head coach was Tom Coughlin and you threw him in the fucking garbage can. So a little questionable for that. Um, And then like also too, like it just puts us in a a hard position with a GM and a head coach. Cause like Mm -hmm. you said, things are going to start happening fast. So are we going to pull the trigger too quickly on maybe both of these positions? And when, and, and well, all all of these head coaches and vice versa with the GMs, they're all going to want to know who is it that I'm going to be working with? Who are you preparing? And that is the huge piece of the puzzle. I think that's why they ended up firing Joe Judge. I, yeah. I think that's so why my, my they friend, did. My friend who's a big football fan, he was asking me yesterday how I felt about um, everything going with the Giants. And I was like, you know, like it just looks really bad when we just recycle these head coaches yeah. this this so many times in the last couple of seasons. And he was like, I hear you and I get that. And he was like, but I think you're better off starting fresh and bringing in a new GM and a new head coach together, together. rather yeah. than have it's one fair. and then bring someone else in. And I was like, you know what? You're making me feel better about it. I get what yeah. you're saying. So we're just like in this crunch time right now because we're not in the playoffs. So our mindset could be fully on the draft and we can't be fully in the draft until we have a general manager in place. Right. There's definitely personnel within the giants organization that can have their minds there. We obviously do have what's his face. Who is our assistant general manager? He didn't get fired. He's staying Kyle Abrams. Is that his name? Yeah. Kevin Abrams. Kevin, sorry, not Kyle, Kevin. It was a K I was there. Caitlin Abrams. Um, so um, basic. Yeah. So like, you have people in there that can do the work that they have to do to study, but like the general manager makes these decisions. So we're kind of actually now a couple steps behind when we're actually should be a couple steps ahead. So that's just where my thought is on that. We'll see what happens. I, there's no doubt in my mind that this time next week when we're on the show, we're going to be announcing probably at least one new head coach, if not several. So we'll keep you guys posted Check our Instagram pages because yeah. we we stay on top of that. We post it pretty quickly when we see yep. breaking stuff happen. So the Insta, the Twitter, just get on there. We got you guys. So um, on Monday, I know a sensitive subject for Caitlin, but we do have to talk about the national championship game. Do we? Um, number three, okay. Georgia beat number one Alabama thirty-three to eighteen to win their first national championship since nineteen eighty. Big storyline here, of course, was uh, the former walk of walk on Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett. What a quarterback name! He's a um, he was named the offensive player of the game after throwing two really big fourth quarter touchdowns to bring Georgia back from an 18-13 deficit. It was honestly like I know that final score of 33-18 doesn't sound close, but this was like a deadlock pretty much all the way through. And it also wasn't that high. It was just field goals for a very long time. I was like, these teams are looking like the New York field goal giants. (sighs) They were. They Um, were. But Georgia's defense, you know, hats off to them. They came up big. They had four sacks in the game, a late pick six to seal the victory. Uh, and of course, as we all remember, Georgia had previously lost to Alabama 41 to 24 in the SEC championship game. So that one was not close. And, um, you know, people were like, 
definitely Georgia was a big, big underdog in this one. So it was a really great game as somebody who doesn't watch college football or have a horse in the race. Um, mm-hmm. I just said to myself, okay, I'm going to throw the game on like when it's close. And I really watched the majority of it because it truly was dead even right. up until the last couple minutes of the game. So I enjoyed watching it from a football stance. Um, but Kate, I know it was a tough one, but listen, Alabama's going to be back there next year <laughs> no. after year after year. So. I know. I know. Well, listen, Hey, like two years ago, we had a down year. So don't worry. They have, they happen. Um, listen, I, I just, uh, all props and, you know, thank you to Alabama for another, you know, great season of being a fan. Um, it's definitely not the outcome. Um, I was expecting Monday night. I didn't expect to blow Georgia out like we did in the SEC championship, but I wouldn't even call it a blowout. I I, I didn't expect that big of a lead. Um, I just didn't expect to lose, to be honest. I know that's like a statement of an Alabama fan. No, I, I actually expected a blowout, to be honest with you. I did not. So I was, I was opposite with you. Um, it just proves, though, for every college football team, every NFL team out there, field goals do not win games. Uh, defense wins championships. I know I'm speaking all like, like I, but they are like this. It, it is true. Like this, these, this is football talk, but it's real. You know, defense truly does win championships field goals. You got to score six points. You can't score three. Um, and you know, Clock management is huge as well. Um, Georgia kicked our ass in the fourth quarter. Um, I saw it. Everyone saw it. Nick Saban said that to, you know, yeah. Kirby Smart at the end. It just, it, that's what you did. That's what happened. Um, but just props to Alabama for a phenomenal season. Props to Georgia for coming out and, you know, putting up a, a really tough fight um, coming out and actually, you know, coming out on top at the end. And listen, it's been a really long time for you guys. So if you want your one trophy, here it is, but you're not getting it next year. So <laughs> that's all I have to say yeah. about that. But yeah, definitely. Um, it's, 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 I think that like we're in a situation with the giants where it's a lot of frustration and like, we're not in a position to where we can get kind of emotional about things, but with Bama, like they've been, you know, very good for a very long time. So like when these situations do happen, like I definitely get emotional about it because you've gone oh. so far, like you've done everything, you know, Bryce Young has proved himself to be a phenomenal stand-up person, a phenomenal player on the field. He wins the Heisman, you know, you want everything for these players. Yeah. Um, you know, you want everything as a fan. So I, I am finding myself emotional and I, I it kind of sucks because I haven't felt that way you know, about the Giants in a long time, putting aside like Eli Manning retiring, like I'll never. Well, you know, you know, what's funny though, like, and, and I can speak like it's a different sport, but I'm a Duke basketball Mm -hmm. fan. And the difference between me watching a Duke game versus me watching the Giants right now in the last couple seasons, Caitlin knows I used to not go out to bars to watch games because I would be screaming at the TV for, Mm -hmm. for the Giants. I'm dead. I'm dead quiet now. I don't. Yeah. I don't make a sound during a Giants game. Mm-hmm. If you catch me watching a Duke game and they're losing or they lose the game, you're gonna. Still loud. You're gonna yeah. hear me yelling. Yeah. Like, and so when you have a team that you expect to win, that's when you're gonna get like crazy yeah. over it. And it's sad that we don't get that way about Giants games anymore. But that's just the reality we're living in. Yeah. It's just, it's like, it's definitely like the, you know, the excitement and like the emotion like behind it and like getting up and yelling, things like that. But it's also kind of like the, the tearful emotion. Like I'm talking right now, like I could not like cry, like sob, but like I get like that kind of like 
like I have to step I, back. I, I'm like, I have cried when Duke has lost in March Madness. So <laughs> like, I, I like I have to like pull myself back sometimes. So like I I want to get back there like with the yeah. Giants, and it's yeah. not like I want to be like a big crybaby, but I want. I love football. Like other than to be in utter just like yeah, we suck. I expected this. Yeah, and like despair and like anger and like I want to punch all of you in the face or give me the pads. Like I want to go and protect Daniel Jones. Like screw you, guys. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, be like that anymore. So, like, yeah. let's just hope with everything that's happened over this week. And I got to tell you, too, I tweeted earlier, the Alabama lost on Monday. This whole thing with the Giants is happening. <laughs> like, it is Wednesday, people. I deserve a fucking award for this week. <laughs> it's been a really tough week for me. And, yeah. like, it's not, like, we can be happy that Gettleman and Judge are gone, but we still are, as a Giants fan base, are still scrambling it's for something. Mess. So It's a mess. Like, it is a mess. It is a it's a tough week for me. So like, I'm telling you, like, I need to just like right away to Friday. Like I need to get there. Yeah, <laughs> That's everything. Is, I'm, it was just on the topic of emotions. It's been emotional. <laughs> but okay. So obviously we had uh, definitely a, a lot of stuff to go over there, but we did end the regular season of the NFL this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Where did the season go? I could not tell you. I think it just right by. Not only did 2021 fly, like fly by, but this NFL season just whoop right out the door. Don't even know where it went. Literally feel like Katie and I were just talking about week one um, yeah. last week, to be honest. Uh, but we are going to give you our week 18 thoughts here. So, uh, you know, again, a lot happened. So uh, Kansas City is the fifth team in NFL history to win 12 plus games in four straight seasons. And uh, they act, they beat Denver 28 to 24. Um, so that is, you know, that's huge. Um, it's uh, it's only in NFL history, five, five team, <laughs> the fifth team to do it. So. Uh, definitely from a, a Kansas City team too that had their ups and downs this season. So, team, I don't, I wouldn't want to face in the playoffs, but uh, they're there. So we uh, definitely have a lot to see this weekend. Uh, Tennessee clinched the number one seed with a 28-25 win over Houston. Whew, calling it close to clinch that number yeah. one over a really bad Houston yeah. Texans. Yeah. So a lot of teams this past weekend really calling it close. A lot of teams just dropping it. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Pittsburgh's linebacker, uh, TJ Watt, tied Michael Strahan's single season sack record, 22.5 in their 16 to 13 win over Baltimore. Katie and I spoke about this last week. Obviously, there's an extra game in the season. Um, we, you know, just, you know, we spoke about it. But then also, too, you know, TJ was hurt this this year. So people brought that aspect up to it. So technically, like, he did get it in the same amount of time. It's just, they're tied. So let's keep I, it at I that. Can, I can, like, live. At this point, I can live with it. I let's can keep live the with tie. the tie. I can't live with someone beating it. Yeah. So let's just... Zen it out, keep yeah. it with the tie. Yeah. And if anything happens next and year, and it's a player that like I have a lot of respect for, so like absolutely, I'm, that's you know, the hardest thing too. Sometimes, sometimes there's players who just have kind of a fluke year and they end up racking up all these sacks, right. but they won't do it again the next year. Like this is someone who's been consistent and is one of the best defensive. If players someone can do it, he can do. I'm it. okay with it being him. Right. Yeah. 
Right. But I, I still don't want it to be. Um, so, but uh, Pittsburgh, so their win um, and a Las Vegas win actually put them in the playoffs. So I know Pittsburgh was sweating <laughs> with the Raiders over the Chargers because if that game ended in a tie, they Which were out of the playoffs. I, Katie, I got to tell you, like, I, <laughs> the world is very angry about that one. Well, that is the, so I, we're going to talk about it, but like, I, I stayed up and we know me, I don't stay up for games, but I said to myself, if I miss out on NFL history right now, I will kill myself. And then I had to stay up the next night for the Alabama game. So I got last yeah. night, I went to bed at like eight o'clock last night. Like I couldn't do it two nights in a row past midnight. <laughs> I don't do that people. Not even on the weekend. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's not my thing. I'm a grandmother. Um, so San Francisco also clinched a playoff berth. We know Katie's husband's very happy about that with a 24, excuse me, 27, 24 overtime win against the Rams. So we saw a lot of close games this weekend, obviously games going into overtime that was, as well. That so, was great with oh, everything. What a game. Oh my God. What a game. Yeah. That is, I tweeted out like, Every playoff game better be like that. Maybe not. We don't have to go into overtime every playoff game. Like, don't make me sweat so much. But that game, wow. It yeah. was great. It was yeah. picture perfect. Like, picture perfect. Loved it. Every second of it. Um, we have both, and we have both teams in the playoffs. So, let's see some good games here. So, um, Arizona has lost four of their five uh Four of their five games after starting the season 10 and 2 and a 38-30 loss to Seattle. Um, so Arizona is in the playoffs, obviously, but I honestly I Seattle had a lot of fun that game. So that win, like in my opinion, like you saw Pete Carroll on the sideline, you saw, you know, Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, like that connection was on fire. Like it was a fun win for them. Well, so, they said they were, Seattle before like the game, they were like, Pete Carroll was all about like, we're treating this as our Super Bowl. And honestly, like you're facing a division rival. You kind of want to spoil things for mm -hmm. them. This Arizona team was like almost a lock for the number one seed here. And now they don't even win their division. Right. The Rams are the winners of the NFC West. And honestly, like as much as I think Arizona is a good team, losing four of their last five is not a really good look heading into the postseason. So no. I have a lot of question marks about this team right now. Absolutely. All righty. And uh, sorry, I lost my place for what I was going to read. Um, Miami wide receiver Jalen Waddell broke the record for most receptions by a rookie, uh, 104. So big props to, to him for sure. So um, I know a lot of, you know, discussion like came from, you know, Bama's game um, uh, you know, on Monday with, you know, two of their wide receivers, you know, getting hurt um, and kind of what that meant for them, you know, as they go out and they have like, Adam Schefter tweeting that they're going to come back to full capacity, like after they get surgery and things like that. But college players have to do that now to make sure that NFL teams are, are watching and it doesn't impact their draft. And Waddle is a huge example of that. He got hurt prior to going into the draft. Like he got hurt in his senior year, junior senior year at Bama and it was yeah. a big injury. And there was a lot of question marks around him and look what he's done this season. So I think a lot of like, he's injury prone, he's too skinny, he can't, you know, deal with an injury well, like, I think that like narrative, like for the NFL, like we need to like pump the brakes a little bit with guys coming from college into the NFL, like give them a time, like, because injuries happen. If you played a sport at any time in your life, you got hurt some way, somehow. So yeah. 
Um, I just love the fact that Waddle was able able to do that and kind of just kind of shut people it's huge up. A it's a huge record, yeah. honestly. Hats off to him. Absolutely. Uh, Buffalo clinched the NFC East with a 27 to 10 win over the New York Jets. Um, this game could have ended in, uh, well, bleh, sorry, um, moving to what we were just talking about, the game that could have ended a tie and sent both teams to the playoffs. The Las Vegas Raiders beat the Los Angeles Chargers, Chargers 35 to 32 in overtime to send them to the postseason and got the Chargers out. There was so many, so much speculation at the end of the game as to why the Chargers called a timeout. You see at the end of the game, you know, uh, Derek Carr talking to, I'm blanking on the, the guy's name on the Chargers, but basically saying like, you know, you guys were going to kneel. And they were like, yeah, like, why'd you call a timeout? And then that just kind of screwed. So it was like, ah, like, could they, it could have ended in a time. I think, I think if anything we take away from this game, I wish the NFL would take away from this game, is I don't think games should oh, end in a tie. I just don't. I know, I know. So, like, look at this scenario that almost happened. We almost had two teams just, like, you know, go into overtime, go to the coin toss and, like, call truce and be like, let's just end this in a tie. Like, and just – screw over the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger's end to his career. So I don't like that. I don't like that we were put in that position. I was rooting for a tie, but second, if I wasn't going to get the tie, I was rooting for the Chargers to win that game. I really want to see Justin Herbert in the uh, in the playoffs. I have so much respect too. for him and for that team. And I was very disappointed that they didn't make it. But why are you making us root for a tie too? Like I hate the I know, like, I, like I said, I don't want to be put in that position in the first place. No, no, but what a what a and we're not even game. we're not even fans of the Raiders, the Chargers, or the Steelers. And no. I was still annoyed to be put in that position. I can't imagine being a fan of one of those three teams and dealing with that. No, and like I said, like I, I stayed up and it was overtime. Like I there was a point, like when it went to overtime, I was like, I don't think I could do overtime. And then there was it was about like one minute into overtime, and I was like, I'm staying away. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I am, I am not going to bed, but yeah, I, I, yeah. Ugh. But what a, what a world it would have been in if that game tied. Yeah. I just kind of like, I picture what would have happened. Would have, should have, could have. Fire. All fire. the fire. End of the world. Fire. I want to go into these wild card weekend picks though, because. They're good. This is when it gets really spicy doing the playoff picks. And of course so we don't, spicy. we don't do upset picks or no. lock picks for uh, the playoffs. We just, we just do straight up what we think we've got six games slated for this weekend. And I'm super intrigued to see who you have. Why don't you kick it off first and tell us who you are taking in this first round of the playoffs? Let's not get nervous. Cause like I look at my list and I think like they're pretty standard, but like I can actually go back into this list and change my mind. And like, that's like, like I said, like, I feel like I probably have like, like a good popular list here, but I definitely can go in and change. Um, so let's go ahead and kick it off with our Saturday matchups. I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills on Saturday. Okay. Um, and for Sunday, I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Kansas City Chiefs. And to wrap Wild Card Weekend up, this is the first time they're ever playing on a Monday night, which is wild and crazy. I don't understand why, but people understand. We have a playoff game on Monday, people. Um, I am taking the Los Angeles Rams over the Arizona Cardinals. So we have five out of the six. Okay, so one is different. That's good. That's good. Yeah. 
And to I'm be like looking with you, to be honest with you, Kate, I don't know if you realize that you did this. Oh no, you what did I do? The lower seed to win every game. So in I my did. mind, you did. You did. Yes, you did. Yeah. Because I, I almost because I did except for one game. And the reason I did that is because I think as much as it seems standard, like, okay, this is like whatever. It's very difficult for it to happen where every lower seed team wins. So I was Wait, like, so I, I picked the lower seed team in every game. Yes, but how? I thought you the I thought Cincinnati, the, which is a four over five. No, 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 I know, no, no, I know that. I thought, um, oh, oh, never mind. I, you know me with the lower and the. Never mind. Ignore my. Ignore me. Ignore like, me. Ignore you me. picked the better team. Yes, and I said the bet like yeah. the better number. We know I get confused with that. <laughs> Ignore me. I was very confused. So what I'm saying is, though, as though, like, I almost did the same thing as you, right? right? But I feel like it's very difficult to have all of the lower seeds win. Like, it's rare that it happens. As much right. as it, like, should happen, it's rare that it does. So I did throw in a, a team that would technically, I guess, be an upset. Well, um, there is, I would say there's one... There's three games that I could reverse now, conf confidently reverse, but I'm just. Well, I'm throwing the wrench into the mix. All right, let's I'm see. taking Cincinnati. I'm taking Buffalo. I'm taking Tampa Bay. My wrench is the 49ers over the Dallas Cowboys. Did I'm your husband make you pick that? He did not. He did not. <laughs> that was my most confident that I felt taking a higher seed to beat a lower seed. It's going to be a good game. I will. And, and that's and one of my three. I would, I would switch. When we're playing a game later when we're breaking mm -hmm. these games down. We'll explain why definitely I'm taking the 49ers in that right. one. I'm taking Kansas city chiefs and I am taking the Rams. So the only difference we have is you taking the Cowboys yeah. and me taking the Niners. Listen, I, I hope the Niners win. <laughs> I know. Right? Right. Big time, big time 49ers and Buccaneers fans this week. Huge Niners and Bucks Huge. fans. Like, like, let's go. Jimmy Garoppolo. We got Tom Brady. Like, let's go. Baby. Let's go, baby. That is everything we need in the world. Like, yeah. literally picture perfect. Oh my God. But yeah, so um, as Katie said, we have a really, really fun wild card weekend game that we're going to play in a little bit. But yeah, we're going to take a little spoiler alert, by the way. In that game, we're going to give score predictions. So, oh, yeah. So I know for people who bet and they bet like over unders and everything like that, this is the first time where we're going to give you scores. So you definitely want to stay with us. Yeah. So if you actually want to use us for betting purposes, you actually now can. So <laughs> Asterix, you actually now can use us for betting. Um, but let's bump to housewives um, in the meantime. And we're going to talk about uh, two big stories here. So one of them, listen, it was uh, Maybe not surprising with how her season two is going on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, but Mary Crosby has ditched out on the season two reunion, which they had just started filming. So, and we don't know about season three. Her status might be up in the air. So last Thursday, The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City taped their season two reunion, and Mary Crosby was not there. Her return for season three is now up in the air. Uh, many believe she skipped uh, to avoid facing the controversy from the season, which has been a lot, racist yeah. comments, rumors that she's running a cult, even now rumors online that she's having an affair with one person, two person, who, 
Who cares? All the people. Um, so uh, obviously Andy Cohen is Housewives executive producer. Um, he once said that Adrian Maloff, is it Maloof? Maloff? Maloof's uh, absence in the Real Houses Beverly Hills reunion and en- uh, ended her time with the franchise, which is a rule he put into place after Real Houses of New Jersey star Jacqueline Narita skipped the season three reunion last minute in 2011. So the only other housewives to skip a reunion was Lisa Vanderpump, but she announced herself that she was leaving the show before the reunion filming. So, so she had no repercussions the way had, like some other women could possibly, like, if you want to come back, don't skip this reunion. You cannot skip the reunion. Yeah. So, and that's like, it's so interesting. And I, lo- I think a lot of like Bravo fans don't realize that Andy put that into place. Like that was a rule, but in those two instances, like they were much needed. You can't just be fed up and not show up. You can show up and, storm off stage not things like you could do all of that but you just have to come like that's it so um a source has said that the real houses of salt lake city cast isn't being paid much and that mary was just making six thousand dollars per episode listen b i'd take that much money uh meaning she'll miss out on 18k for a three-part reunion so that that to me is interesting because a lot of the rumors that we're hearing now, um, you know, aside from like the cult thing, like on this episode, uh, this season, excuse me, and now kind of like the affair rumors, some of the rumors too are that like her church is completely under and she has no money. So she would technically need know. to come back to the show, but also she- You, could- see, you see the shoes that woman buys, the, the clothes- I don't know. She just gives what... away Louboutins for fun. Like, I didn't like these. Yeah. Like, okay, like, whatever. Yeah, like, I, so. so a lot, a lot going on there. But listen, if she doesn't come back, good riddance. I know we posted on our show, our, our Instagram, like, today that, like, it's, it's she might I'm not happy. come back. I'm happy, but I did want her to get absolutely torched on the reunion. I know. Hold accountable for all her bullshit. That's what pisses me off too, to be honest. One way scared little girl, like don't face what you don't, she doesn't want to face the music. It just shows you are guilty. Um, And the thing is like, I know we don't like Jen Shaw and like she could very much be guilty, but like she could have had what happened to her this season and then just quit the show. And like, also like, and then like, look at the fact like in New York, how uh, Ramona like, if they were going to do a reunion, Ramona like didn't want to do it because she didn't want to be confronted about possibly right. like, racist questions. So this Listen is something that they've been dealing with. Um, but yeah, obviously huge consequences if you skip it, but I guess Mary doesn't give a rat's day. I don't give, I don't give a If she really like, if she's not under, if she's good money wise and she's just buying those, she, 18 K doesn't mean anything to her. So I um, will take her 18. <laughs> So Andy Cohen, if you are listening, I don't live in Salt Lake, but I could zoom in if you guys need me to. Yeah. Um, I will take $18,000. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, speaking of Andy, he's also involved in our second story. I thought that this was really interesting this past week. On um, Watch What Happens Live and on Instagram, Andy was asked to reveal his top five favorite housewife moms <laughs> and also his favorite housewife's husband. Um, so we're going to kind of go through the list. Uh, maybe Caitlin and I will say our favorite mom, our favorite housewives, hubby, 
I thought it was very interesting. Andy's mom list in order. He ranks them in order. At number five coming in, we have New Jersey's March Sr. Number four, we have Roni's Dale Mortimer, Tinsley's mom. Uh, number three, Dallas's Mama D. Number two, we have Atlanta's Mama Joyce. And at number one, we have my, I love how they're all mama. Um, one, we have Miami's Mama Elsa. So definitely a lot of gems on that list. Some of the moms definitely play a bigger role than some of the others. Some of them we don't even see, obviously. Right. But some are like those little side characters, just the way the husbands are. And some mm -hmm. of them are just as important um, as, you know, the husbands, as in being involved with the wives and everything like that. And then when a fan asked on Instagram who Andy's favorite housewife's husband of all time is, he said, I don't have a favorite, but I think we can all agree this man is a Hall of Famer. And then he posted a picture of Joe Gorga. So I feel like Joe and Andy do have like kind of a close a little romance. romance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kate, do you have a favorite mom? I don't know if I have a favorite mom. I could probably say who my favorite is from Andy's list. I do have a favorite husband, but Kate, go ahead. I don't think I have a favorite mom, to be honest. I think my I don't... favorite mom from that list is, I, I I did always enjoy Tinsley's scenes with her mom, Dale. I thought no, she Dale was is really good. funny because she was so like prim and proper. And then you right. had like Sonia Morgan in the mix. So it's like, right. it, it was funny to watch. It was comical. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, it's, I I don't actually, I don't like Marge Sr., to be honest. Um, I, I don't a, like her or dislike her. She doesn't talk. She doesn't do anything. Yeah, she doesn't have much to Her know. biggest storyline was when she got plastic surgery as like an 80-year-old woman. Like, that's dangerous, people. Like, that is dangerous. Like, why are you getting a new face? Like, Dale, Dale actually had like very comical scenes. She did. And like, she was funny. She had a personality. She spoke to Tinsley when Tinsley was going through a lot of shit. Like she's got she great advice. Do, she would, uh, she would do the interviews. So they would, she they did. would the interviews. I thought she had great advice to her daughter. Yeah. Like we've, you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, and like other things. So I'm not familiar with Miami's Mama Elsa. Sorry. Um, I do know Mama Joyce and Mama D though. I think they're great additions to the list. Um, and they're, you know, Dallas isn't an OG, but if you're a Atlanta OG fan, you know, you do know Mama Joyce. So like, yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's like a decent list, but it's, it's interesting. Cause like, yeah. uh, but I mean, husbands, we've got a, we got a slew of husbands, yeah. um, it's interesting because I um, just saw before the show, I think Kyle Richard and Mauricio are celebrating like one of their anniversaries. I love him. He is just so attractive. Yeah. Like I just like, <laughs> attractiveness wise, like he's my favorite. <laughs> like, he's so hot. Like, I don't know how, and I think they're like 60 years. Like, I don't know. How, they're like 50. Like, I don't know how you're so hot to be honest. Um, but then like, I love them together. Like I love him and Kyle. Like I, I sincerely, as a couple, Kyle as a person pisses me off, but like, I like them as a couple. Um, but our Jersey men, like those are our guys like the husbands deserve yeah. their own series like they could literally they could do the real husbands of new jersey like they oh, really yeah. could so, so could. my second place goes to bill aiden because i love we bill absolutely love him and i'm giving the edge to number one just because of longevity and how, how they've been around longer so like i have to give them priority number one for me is frank tania like oh, I, I, love just, I love him he I is a him. gem and and i would love to meet him like if we're gonna find oh, in New Jersey. That's who I want to run into. I would like leap into his arms. I, I feel love like love him, and I feel like he would embrace fans. So like I, 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 
I, I'm giving it to him. Well, they went to that Morristown bar one time. That's literally like on Speedwell Avenue, like the main street or just South Street, not Speedwell. Speedwell is where I live. <laughs> like on South Street. Like we just have to go and like post up. Like you guys coming back? What do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, I know. It's definitely the husbands are hard to pick for sure. But they, but that's a good thing. There's so many of them. Yes, it's perfect. Yes, but definitely. definitely the mom, the mom list was a little, a little weird. They should do yeah. uh, siblings and children next. I, I love me some Brooks Marks. I recently said to Caitlin, we have not had enough of Brooks on season two of Salt Lake City. We need we need more of him. The most recent episode, we got a little bit of Brooks, and that made me happy, but we need more. More, more, more. Alrighty, so with saying more, let's go ahead and get into our game for the evening. We are playing Will Things Get Wild this weekend as we enter Wild Card Weekend. So we played this game last year for you guys. Um, we are heading throughout the playoffs. So yes, yes, of course. Um, so as we head into the NFL playoffs of Wild Card Weekend, we are taking a look at the games for this weekend and are filling in the blank for some predictions. So let's just I'll, I'll tell you guys the predictions for um, each. Uh, like each scenario, I'll tell you, excuse me, I'll tell you each scenario um, and then we'll go into each game. So we're asking, you know, each team will win if they do this quarterback with the most passing yards, running back with the most passing yards, wide receiver, no, rushing, running, running Sorry. back. With the most passing. Well, in this day and age, who knows? Anything, uh, can anything can happen. Running back with the most rushing yards, yeah. wide receiver with the most receiving yards, the MVP of the game and the final score of the game. So this is what we spoke about earlier to where we tell you all the time, don't use us for betting. But if you're looking at the over under, like Katie said, maybe look at our score predictions. I don't know. We still might tell you, don't take our advice. Well, we'll us if we screw you over, but if we help you, tell us about it. Yeah, tell seriously, us. don't go to like Vegas and literally put all your money on like, oh, Katie and Caitlin said this. Like, don't, don't do that, but do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, all righty, so let's start with our Saturday game. So our first matchup is the number four Cincinnati Bengals versus the number five Las Vegas Raiders. We are going to go through each scenario here. So Katie, the Bengals will win if so the Bengals will win and I know this will sound bizarre but the Bengals will win if the Joe Burrow Jamar Chase connection just plays an average game because <laughs> it, 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 it sounds weird but in week 11 these teams played and um the Bengals won 32 to 13 and in that win Burrow only had 148 mm -hmm. passing yards and Jamar Chase only had 32 receiving yards. They they barely did anything in that game and they killed the Raiders. Right. So if they just have an average game, they should win this, I, I think. So I know that sounds weird, but they just have to have an average game. They don't have to do that that much. Well, I didn't put average, but what I put was their average. I literally put Burrow and Chase. Yeah. Um, but, um, big, I wrote their big stats, but, um, actually, uh, Joe Burrow actually has to have some big stats too. Cause if they attempt to shut down, uh, the running game, um, from Jamar or excuse me, uh, they, they're receiving game. Joe Burrow actually takes it a decent amount, runs it himself. Uh, they'll have to shut that as well. So, okay. all right. So the Raiders will win if. 
The Raiders will win if Derek Carr plays a perfect game. So in that week 11 game when they played each other, Carr had two costly turnovers and he also had only 215 passing yards, which I think we all know is very low for Derek Carr. Um, Mm -hmm. I forget where he finished as far as passing yards this year, but I believe he was top five. And uh, 215 is nothing for him. So we need, in order for the Raiders to win, it needs to be a big game from Derek Carr, like 300 plus yards two, three touchdowns needs to, it's going to be on him, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think their offense has to do a lot, but to win the game, they have to listen. Their defense has to cover chase. Like literally you're not leaving his side. It's like double, triple coverage on Jamar chase. And like I said before, Joe Burrow, if that happens, he needs to start running the ball, go to mix in, run the ball. Uh, the Raiders have to stop the run too. So they actually like the defensive mode, like that's what they need to be in. So Alrighty, so the quarterback with the most passing yards will be Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. I mean, what are you, what are you, what are you going to argue, people? What are you going to argue? <laughs> well, Dan, uh, like I said, like he is used to racking up a lot of yards. Right. It could potentially be him. Right. But I, I am going with Burrow. Alrighty, the running back with the most rushing yards will be. I said Joe Mixon for as did I because he's what at like twelve hundred for the year I think um, 11, so 11, 1200. 11, yeah he's, around he's that like, I believe he's top finished top five in rushing and then actually a little and maybe I think Josh Jacobs may have uh, missed a game or two um, Josh Jacobs is a very good running back um, so he I was can be an answer for this as well he they could be but he was actually he was lower like significantly lower than Joe Mixon uh, taking nothing away from Joe Mixon of course but um, I just was a little shocked that he was like that much lower than him. But again, he might've missed a game or two. Um, yeah. But yeah, so. All right. Uh, the wide receiver with the most receiving yards will be. All eyes on Jamar Chase. It is. So yep. honestly, I'm going T Higgins because T Higgins has quietly had a phenomenal year for mm-hmm. the Bengals that has been overshadowed by Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is going to see a lot of tight coverage. It's going to be T Higgins. So I'm going with Jamar Chase on this one because it is tight coverage. And I just said that the Raiders are going to win if they put tight coverage on him. He can get out of that tight coverage and he can make catches that, that again, that Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, that LSU connection is wild. And the fact that they were able to take that, I know we said this on the episode a week or two ago, the fact that they've been able to translate that from college to the NFL is just, it's it's a beautiful thing. It really is. I would wish we had it. it must be nice uh, so the mvp of the game will be this might surprise you guys i'm not going with joe burrow i'm not going with jamar chase not going with t higgins forecast is showing right now that it's supposed to snow in this game and uh that can mean a lot of handing the ball off to a really great running back i'm going with joe mixon I do love that pick i'm just going to be the standard here and go with joe burrow um and that's fine with me um, the final score of the game will be, I'm going to go 27, 20 Cincinnati. Alrighty. I am going with 27 to 16 Cincinnati. We're close. We're close. We are very close. Alrighty. Let's go with our second matchup. We have the number three Buffalo bills versus the number six, new England Patriots. The bills will win if. The Bills will win if the defense remains dominant. They've surrendered the fewest yards and the fewest points per game this season. So if if they're shutting out Mac Jones in that offense, game over. 
So I wish that these were reversed, the Patriots first and then the Bills, but you'll see what I mean by that in a second. Um, so I put the Bills a win if they stop the run against the Patriots because, people, it is a matchup again. It is supposed to be zero degrees in Buffalo this weekend. Um, and if you remember the matchup last time, snowy, windy, freezing. Bill Belichick ran the ball. They did not. Mac Jones threw it once. And that was their run game, and they beat the Bills on that. So the Bills can actually step up this time, stop that run, and also do offensive-minded things as well. They will win. So with that being said, like I wanted to reverse these, the Patriots will win if? I said the Patriots will win if, uh, you know, a defensive mastermind like Bill Belichick can figure out the equation to stop that Bills offense. I know yeah. that sounds so general and so vague, but like it's not though. He is a defensive genius. So if anybody's going to be able to try and stop a high-powered offense like Buffalo's, it's going to be Bill Belichick. He just has to figure out how to do it. So So why I wanted them to be reversed because it's going to be 0 degrees again in Buffalo and a very Cold, not wanted game. If the Patriots can actually pull off that run game that they did the last time, if they're able to successfully do that again, they have this in the bag, in my opinion. Yep. Alrighty, the quarterback with the most passing yards will be? I went with Josh Allen. So did I. He's just a more natural of a passer, yeah. in my opinion. So uh, the running back with the most rushing yards will be? I went with Josh Allen. So <laughs> this is this is a fun fact, and it, yeah. it would be hard for him to pull off three for three. But these two teams played twice this year. Obviously, they're in the same division. Um, and New England won 14-10 in week 13. Buffalo won 33-21 in week 16. Josh Allen was the leading rusher in both of those games. Mm -hmm. So I think he goes three for three. Josh Allen. So I love I love that it's a fun fact. And I know we had mentioned this earlier in the season, um, probably like week three or week four, where quarterbacks, you know, even guys like Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, they were like the leading rushers on their team. There isn't even a point where D Daniel Jones was the leading rusher, yeah. receiver. He was everything on the New York yeah. Giants. Yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting year for quarterbacks. And as Katie and I were prepping for this game, I just got to tell you guys, look at all of these teams. When you look at your leading rushers and receivers, these quarterbacks and all of these teams are like in the top three, yeah. top, top two, some of them. Yeah. So it's not, I love that it's an interesting fact and it is so doable for Josh Allen. So let's see if it's three for three. And isn't that funny? Because like you mentioned that game where New England didn't throw, didn't right. throw the ball. You would think one of their running backs would have rushed for more yards than right. Josh Allen in that game, but he was the leading rusher. Absolutely. So I ended up going with Damian Harris on this one because I do think uh, the Patriots are going to take that same approach. So they're not going to be launching it. They're going to be handing it off. Um, and listen, maybe Mac Jones will take a couple steps if he wants to, uh, if he wants to, but uh, could be Damian Harris on that one. So the wide receiver with the most receiving yards will be Steph Diggs. That's yeah, it's you look at, yeah, I, I mean, I think the leading I don't you know, think like, receiver on the Patriots is Jacoby both, Myers. Yeah. If you look at both of these teams, I don't think there's any other receivers that, like, get close to the level of no. Steph Diggs as a player. So, yeah, well, that's the thing with the Patriots. I, I got to give props to the Patriots for 
their offense. They don't um, have a lot of weapons, but they, they don't they won the game. So and they put points on the board. It's not like they're winning games like by you know no, they're they putting a up point game the other week. I know. So it's good for them. So yeah. <laughs> uh the MVP of the game will be. I mean, if he's going to be my leading passer and rusher, I have to give it to Josh Allen. I'm going with Josh Allen as well. And the final score of the game will be? I'm going 24-17 Buffalo. All right. I am going 17-14 Buffalo. All right. So we're both like on the lower, lower yeah. side of things. So. All righty. So far, so good. Let's get into our Sunday games. We have number two, Tampa Bay versus the number seven, Philadelphia Eagles. The Buccaneers will win if... The Buccaneers are going to win if their defense completely eliminates Philadelphia's run game. Uh, I said the same exact thing. And they can do it. They've got the third best run defense in the league. Jalen Hurts is obviously banged up a little bit. If you eliminate that run game and force Jalen Hurts to win that game on his own, no offense, I know he's your boy, it's not going to happen, so... My boy. Well, isn't it just like a shame that half my boys now play for it's the ter- Eagles? It's, like it's freaking terrible. It's like, come on, like it's horrible. I look at the football gods and I'm like, listen, the Giants have been struggling for a while. Thank you for Alabama, but like, what do you give me in return? All of my Bama boys going to the eat? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, are you kidding me? Like, I don't deserve this shit. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't. So yeah, so I, I totally get that for sure. I, I wrote the same exact thing down. Like, they got to just eliminate the run. Number one key to the game, easy. And the Eagles over the past couple of weeks have really established their run, and it's a good, right. it's a good running offense. You just got to completely knock it out of the game. They have nowhere to go look like the giants run game this season that's what you need to do so um and the eagles will win i know this isn't too specific but the eagles are going to win if their defense plays a perfect game right they have a, and i'm saying it because they have a decent defense they're kind of like middle of the pack for their uh run defense and their pass defense they're really they're not a bad defense they no. have to be perfect though right and uh that that's I think it's going to be the D de- if they if Philly can pull off this upset it's going to be through the defense so while I definitely agree with you on that like I'm keeping an offensive mind like you got to pull a passing game out of your pocket like you got you got Devontae Smith yeah. you know you got Goddard in the mix as your tight end like you got like listen like Jalen like as much as like you like you know he tries to take it sometimes himself and run it like you had just said like you gotta launch it if you can against this Tampa Bay defense so I'm gonna keep it offensive mind here you got this you know uh, a passing game you gotta find it you gotta find it some way somehow and you gotta keep it moving throughout the game yep all right the quarterback with the most passing yards will be Tom Brady that's what I said Obviously, <laughs> um, and listen, I then it, it goes back to Jalen Hurts. Um, he can throw it. Um, you know, you've seen the connection with him and Devontae Smith. Um, he's a quarterback, though, who will, you know, try to punch it if he has to. He'll try to run it if he has to. Not successful all the time. So he's not going to get anything there. But he is definitely one that will definitely try that. But Tom Brady's better at just. Tossing Tom Brady it. is tossing it beautifully. Is potentially the MVP of the regular season. So right. it's not just the fact that Jalen Hurts likes to run it; it's also the fact that Tom Brady is having an MVP level season, as he normally does. <laughs> Alrighty, so then we have the running back with the most rushing yards, Leonard Fournette. 
So the interesting thing about um, both Tampa and the Eagles right now, so you've got Leonard Fournette and you've got Miles Sanders. They are both questionable for this weekend. <laughs> um, they're both injured. Um, Leonard Fournette, I think, is like a little bit more serious. Um, I think they're both going to play because, listen, it's the playoffs. Like, you're going to put them in. So I actually gave the slighter edge to Miles Sanders, though, um, because I think that the optimism is a little bit more there yeah. um not just playing wise again like it's the playoffs i think they're going to push people if they have to which you know in hindsight kind of sucks that the nfl is pushing people to play um they're hurt um but i think the optimism and i'll talk about why in the other games that we'll get to i actually bring this up a couple more times um but so yeah so i'm actually i'm gonna go with miles sanders on this one okay the wide receiver with the most receiving yards will be so this is funny. Obviously, I, I'm taking Tom Brady as most passing yards. I'm taking the Bucks to win. But I think the fact that Tom Brady has so many weapons, it's like there's not going to be just one guy that gets it all. Like the yards are going to be dispersed. So I'm actually going with Devontae Smith on this. I'm going with Devontae Smith too. But I think that Tom Brady's kind of like – Scaling back a little bit with the weapons, you know, we obviously lost Antonio well, yes, Brown yeah, to still, I the drama loss. Tampa Bay has more than what Philly has. How wild is it though that now the the Bucks have Le'Veon Bell? I what if he blows up this weekend? That would just crack crack me up. That Antonio Brown left in that fashion. They yeah. bring on Le'Veon Bell. Like I, I just like, that would crack me up. It's a blast from the past for both of them for sure. Yeah. All right, the MVP of the game will be Tom Brady. All right, so I'm actually taking an interesting twist on this as well because I think that, obviously, as you said before, the Buccaneers' defense is phenomenal, and I need them to stop the run game here. I'm going with outside linebacker Shaquille Barrett on this one. I, like um, I, I thought about him. So 10 sacks on the season, one interception, like, come on, like, bring it in, like, bring Jalen Hurts down if you can. Try to get at that interception up. Make that interception a pick six if you can. And if the defense really comes out and he's a huge part and he leads the team like he has already, I got to give it up to him. All right. All righty. The final score of the game will be 24-13 Tampa Bay. All right, so I went a little higher than you, so I'm going. Low. I went low. 27-20 Tampa. Okay. All right. All righty. So let's go with number three, Dallas, versus number six, San Francisco. So the Cowboys will win if. Okay, so this is obviously my kind of my upset pick mm -hmm. of this weekend, and there is a huge reason why. The Cowboys will win if they can figure out a way to stop the run. Mm -hmm. Since week nine, Dallas has allowed 130 rush yards per game. If that's the case, you don't want to play this Niners team. I think right. the Niners are going to run it all over them this weekend. And, and that would also tie into the key to the game for the Niners is just like, let your let your running right. game go wild, but Dallas needs to stop that. Honestly, so that's that's the huge key to the game for that team. 
So I'm going with a twofold here. So listen, so Trayvon Diggs needs to be on his game. He is leading the league in interceptions this year, if you, but he also his interceptions need to be pick sixes. So at least one or two of them has to turn into a pick six. He's got to score points for Dallas. Um, and Dallas, too, also time of possession. Uh, we saw the Niners last week come into overtime and win the game. Um, so they're taking advantage of the clock whenever they can. If another team fails to eat up the clock when they're winning, the Niners will come in and they will take that and they will use it to their advantage. So Dallas fully needs to take advantage of time of possession every moment when they can on the field. So uh, those are the two folds here. Uh, the Niners will win if this is always the question mark surrounding this 49ers team constantly. And I'm not asking him to be an all-star. I'm just saying that Jimmy G has to manage the game well. He has he to be a game yeah. manager. Mm -hmm. Don't lose the game for your team. Right. Don't turn the ball over. Just play an average game manager type game and you will be good to go. Let, Like I said, let your running game run all over Dallas. Yeah. Um, so they need to shut down um, both passing and rushing, um, excuse me, receiving and rushing from a Dallas standpoint. You know, Dallas does – exceed on both of those ends. So the Niners defense needs to show up here, but they also, in my opinion, from an offensive standpoint, they need to take an early lead in this game and they need to hold that lead. I don't like 49ers coming from behind. They've done it and they've done it successfully, but in the playoffs, I do think that they need to hold a lead within uh, each game here. So All right. I'd like, like them to come out and take an early lead. All right. The quarterback with the most passing yards will be Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott. <laughs> All righty. The running back with the most rushing yards will be Elijah Mitchell. I went with Zeke, okay. but understood. Um, the wide receiver with the most receiving yards will be uh, Debo Samuel. I went with Debo as well. What a what a phenomenal player. I know Katie and I were texting, you know, this past week with the games too. And it was, you know, Katie texted me, you know, what what I would give to have a Debo Samuel on our and it's true. It's it's a hundred percent true. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Yep. Artie, the MVP of the game will be. I think this player is going to have one of the biggest games of the weekend amongst all of the games that we're going to see in all the players and all the studs. Elijah Mitchell is going to have a huge game for the 49ers. He is my MVP. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, going off uh, Dallas winning, though, um, I do think it will be Dak Prescott. Okay. And then the final score of the game. This is going to be a close one, but I am going 28-24 49ers. It's a good one. I have a pretty close game as well. I'm going 35-27 to Dallas. Okay. All right. Alrighty, we got two games left, people. So stick with us. Let's go with the number two Kansas City Chiefs and the number seven Pittsburgh Steelers, who squeezed their way into the playoffs last minute. So the Chiefs will win this game if the Chiefs will win the game if they could take advantage of Pittsburgh's poor run defense. They've got the worst run defense in the league. So, like I said. I mean, you got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, like he should have a good game. But if you're able to also take advantage and have just a good of a game running the ball on that horrible run defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers, that is a huge key to the game. 
Listen, the Chiefs are known lately for the past couple of weeks to come out strong within like the first minute of the game, whether they're doing something on special teams where they're grabbing the ball or they're coming out on their kickoffs and scoring touchdowns within literally 30 to like two minutes. That's my key to the game for them. They have to come out. They have to score on their first drive. They have to come in and take an early lead. Um, I think that's easy for the Chiefs, uh, but I think they need to do it in the playoffs. Um, if they have a rough start, this weekend, I think, where it's like they just skim by. I don't see them making uh, it past the second round, to be honest. All right. The Steelers will win if... The Steelers will win if TJ Watt and company pressured the crap out of Patrick Mahomes. So, interesting <laughs> little fact. During Kansas City's five losses this season, four of them came in games where Mahomes threw at least one interception. So, if you can get him off his rocker and you can get him to turn the ball over, which is obviously very rare for Patrick Mahomes, that is 100%. And it because, you know, that's the strong suit for Pittsburgh, too is that defense and especially mm -hmm. that pass rushing defense. So if you can rattle Patrick Mahomes, that's what needs to happen for Pittsburgh to have a shot. Very similar to you. Mine's a little more detailed. TJ Watt needs to sack Patrick Mahomes over three times. And one of those sacks, it might be a communal sacks, has to be a fumble recovery by Pittsburgh. So <laughs> I, honestly, some Pittsburgh defensive touchdowns will definitely yes. help. So so that is the key for the Steelers there. All the right. quarterback with the most passing yards will be? Patrick Mahomes. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes as well. The running back with the most rushing yards will be? As bad as that Pittsburgh uh, de uh, run defense is, uh, so that Kansas City's you know, running back should be able to rack up some yards. I'm still going with the best running back that's going to be on the field, and that's Najee Harris. I love Najee. You all know that. But here's one of my asterisks, like I had said earlier, he did not practice today. He is still technically questionable for this weekend. Um, and he is one of the people actually where people almost seem nervous, scared that he might not play. So in that, I'm not uh, going to take a chance here. So I'm going to go I mean, with Darrell. I clearly did not read the injury report. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going with Darrell Williams on the Kansas City Chiefs on this okay. one. Because too, also Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, while he is lower than Williams on the stat chart. He is also questionable. So just kind of, and I think he didn't play the last game or two. So I'm just trying to play it safe yep. with this one, uh, just from what the people, the people are saying. Um, the wide receiver with the most receiving yards will be. Well, technically now that I'm looking at this, it's, it's not a wide receiver. It's a tight end. I'm going Travis Kelsey. Yeah, so I'm going to have a Tyree Kill on this one. I do like Travis Kelsey, though, with getting that, you know, because he does act very much so like also, a wide receiver when in these, situation. When these two teams uh, played each other this regular season and Kansas City smacked Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. uh, Travis Kelsey didn't even play in that game. Right. So this is like redemption time. Like, I didn't get you the first time. I'm, I'm coming now. Well, that's what, too, I think in the Tampa Bay. So I love a lot of these games. I know a lot of them are divisional games, but a lot of them are in our redemption games. A lot yeah. of them already happen. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles-Tampa game, I don't think Gronk played in the first game. So yeah, we right. yeah. got that, but they're also obviously missing Antonio Brown. So yeah. um, a couple other people are questionable. But so that's an interesting factor as well. Yeah. Travis Kelsey being the bigger factor, right. but... Uh, definitely, definitely uh, interesting things playing into every game this weekend. Yep. The MVP of the game Wait, will did be you say your receiver. Most yeah, receiver? Tyree Hill. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. 
So the MVP of the game will be. I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. I think he's going to have a monster game. He's kind of the other person I predict this weekend to have one of those huge, huge stat lines. Yeah, I think he will as well. I'm just going to go be basic here and go with Patrick Mahomes on this one. All right. All right. And the final score of this game will be. I think this is my most lopsided score. I think so for me too. Yeah. Also Tampa Bay Phillies a, a little far out, but I'm going 31-17 Kansas City. Oh, I was like, did we have the same one? <laughs> Close. I'm going 31-23 Kansas City. Okay. So. All right. All righty. And so wrapping it up with Monday night playoff football, people, I just keep reminding people it's a Monday night game. Uh, don't get your hopes up for a Sunday night game um, or a whatever. You know what I mean? Um, number four, the Los Angeles Rams versus number five, the Arizona Cardinals. So the Rams will win if. I'm going to keep it nice and simple. The Rams will win if Cooper Cup does his usual Cooper Cup thing. Yeah, the wallet is simple. Um, this was one of the things we had spoken about this earlier, where when we were prepping for this game, peeling back the layers and looking at both teams, looking at the season, I got more excited about this game. The Rams on paper are, wow, like you've got defense. You've got, you know, it's a really good team. So I actually put, they need to be consistent offensively and defensively in this game. You cannot have a slip up defensively, nor could you have a slip up like Cooper Cup not playing well on offense. Hasn't happened all season, so. Just, I'm just making a point. <laughs> just saying. Um, so yeah, I need they need to be consistent throughout the game. Okay. The Cardinals will win if. The Cardinals will win if the defense can sack Matthew Stafford. So the Rams went three and four this year when Stafford was sacked multiple times compared to the team was nine and one when he was sacked either once or no times at all. So if you can get to the quarterback for Arizona, that could be a key to the game. I literally wrote the same thing. My only difference was that they need to get to Stafford early, early in the game. Get him down two, three times right away. Um, You're going to immediately get into his head. A a quarterback that's been around the block, but been around the block in the playoffs once, twice. No, I mean, no, he's so he's like up there for he's almost uh, at Andy Dalton level of most playoff games without actually ever getting a playoff win. So he, uh, Matthew Stafford is a huge question mark for a lot of people. Like, can he actually win in the postseason? This would be the first one if he can do it. Like a Phillip Rivers, so questionable. Very questionable. Um, All righty, the quarterback with the most passing yards will be? With that being said, I'm going Matthew Stafford. So actually, I'm going to go with Kyler Murray on this one. So here's actually how I see the game playing out uh, offensively from a receiving standpoint. So listen, I think Stafford's going to hit Cup as much as he can. Not from fur, like far distances, though. He's going to red zone uh, 30-yard line, maybe 20. That's where he's going to hit Cup this game. I think Kyler Murray is going to launch it as, as hard as he can. He's got James Conner, obviously, from a running game. Um, I think we're going to see, and listen, it's Kyler Murray's first playoff game too. So he might be making these, you know, irresponsible throws that might work out for him if someone magically catches it. So in that aspect, I think we're going to see more like launches, long throws from him. So that's why I'm going to go with him on that one. 
Alrighty, the running back with the most rushing yards will be. Well, I'm not giving him love in the. Uh, I'm not giving him the more love out of the quarterbacks in the passing wise, but I am going to go with Kyler Murray. He's going to be my second quarterback that I'm taking this weekend to be the leading rusher in their game. Yeah. Well, for me, another questionable person. There's so Wednesday's always the questionable people, but James Conner is also questionable. But I'm going to put my eggs in the basket and kind of risk it on this one because again, yeah. it looks a little optimistic for people. So he actually returned last week from an injury was doing great, but actually left the game with an injury, but they're not thinking it's that serious. So I'm going to put my eggs in that basket. I'm going to go with James Conner on this one. All right. The wide receiver with the most receiving yards will be Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Easy peasy. The MVP of the game will be Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Easy peasy. And then maybe not so easy peasy. What is the final score of the game? I think this is my closest game. I think this is one of my closest. And also, I believe this is my highest scoring game of the weekend. I'm going 34 30 Rams. All right, so we're close a little bit uh, in score-wise. So I'm going 31-27 Rams. Yeah, so. that's close. That's close. Yeah. It's going to be a good game. Like, honestly, like these games are phenomenal. I can't wait. Take me to the weekend already, please. Take me to the weekend. Take me there. Uh, but great game. I like it. We're going to be playing this um, throughout the playoffs. It's not going to be as long and as extensive because obviously teams will be eliminated after this. Weekend. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely fun to, for the first time, since we don't do it in the regular season, give you score predictions, everything like that. I can't wait to reference this back. This I know. Be like, was I right on this and this and this and this and this? So, um, but with that being said, it is the point in the night where we get it off our chest, positive, negative football, housewives, life, wine, playoffs, gamma. I know that one's, that one's, that one hurts, but, um, it Kate, does. what do you got? What do you got? I think yours is Bama, right? It is. It is. You know, I like, I'll, I'll keep it short. You know, I got a little emotional about Bama earlier. Just a quick shout out to. Nick Saban and that organization for just being stand-up people. I know sometimes it's easy for people to, you know, quickly hate Bama, hate Bama fans, you know, front runner, things like that. But, you know, after, after the game, they do have their pressers um, and they have to, you know, after losing a, a game, you got to talk to the press. It's the same thing for college kids, for children. Literally these guys are 18, 19, 20 years old as opposed to NFL players that are adults. Uh, you still got to talk to the media. When you're done losing a national championship game. So obviously you have Bryce Young, um, you've got Nick Saban, you got other players that are just facing the media about losing a game. Um, so when it had ended where they just wanted to talk to Nick Saban, not the players, um, you know, he sits down, he pulls two of his players down and it's just like, listen, like these guys are not defined from this game. Um, they have brought, you know, Bryce Young, Heisman Trophy winner. They have brought this team to the national championship and they are everything that this organization is defined from. Um, so it just really shows that, you know, obviously press conferences aren't easy. They're going to ask you why you didn't do this, why you decided to make that play, why you lost. And you see it on the kids' faces. I'm going to call them kids because they are. Uh, you see it and they're doing things that grown adults could not do. They could not go and lose in front of millions of fans, cameras, everything like that, then to face the world and tell them why you sucked and you didn't win. 
I couldn't do that. <laughs> I'd be like, ah, no. Um, so basically you see it on their faces and it's just not the best. So I loved the leadership from Nick Saban to sit them down and be like, you know what? Like I'm going to defend them and be like, it's, it, it, we obviously lost. That is what it is, but it's not one game. And these kids are not all of them are going to the draft next year. So they got to come back and they got to prove themselves again for a college team. So if you guys haven't seen the press conference go out, I, uh, it's on my Twitter. Uh, you see my Twitter on the screen right now at Caitlin Brower underscore. Uh, you got to look a couple days back. Uh, it's probably from Tuesday morning. So I was obviously upset going to bed Monday night, uh, woke up Tuesday, still not happy. As soon as I saw that though, I was definitely very happy, very proud to be an Alabama fan. So, yeah, well, um, I'm going to keep mine even shorter and just say, obviously, you know, the giants are on their head coach and GM search <laughs> and, it's not that I agree or disagree with the firing of Joe Judge. It's more so, like I said early, earlier in the show, I just hate being this organization now that's just recycling through all these coaches like every couple seasons because we just suck and we can't get it right. So listen, at this point, I think we just get weird with it. And, yep. um, you know, this guy's going to be available this offseason. <laughs> he, he is uh, no longer going to be coaching at Duke. Let's bring in basketball great Mike Shashevsky. <laughs> Guy's a winner. Guy knows how to lead. He has great relationships with his players and his staff. And I don't care if he doesn't know a lick of football. <laughs> Let's get weird. Coach K, head coach, New York Giants. I'm going to start the petition. Let's get him license plate guy. Let's just have a, a weird ass coaching. Let's just do it. Let's just do it at this point. Who cares? Bring me and you on. Like, just let's get crazy. <laughs> we, I'm sure stranger things. Now, so. Stranger things have happened, but I think it's a great petition to start. Let's just go ahead and do it. Let's so. do it. All righty. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. As always, we want to give you the stuff not to miss. If you're watching us live right now, Real Housewives of Orange County is on tonight. This is Wednesday, January 12th at 9 p.m. Atlanta is on Sundays at 8 p.m. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which is getting spicy, oh, yeah. is on Sunday at 9 p.m. We have Wild Card Weekend, like we spoke about all episodes. Saturday, your games are Vegas versus Cincinnati at 4.30 p.m., New England versus Buffalo at 8.15 p.m. Sunday, your games are Philly versus Tampa Bay at 1 p.m. San Francisco versus Dallas at 4.30 p.m. Pittsburgh versus Kansas City at 8.15 p.m. And your Monday game, as we said throughout the show, there's a Monday playoff game, people. It's the Arizona Cardinals versus the Los Angeles Rams at 8.15. We have a loaded playoff weekend. I'm excited. Katie's no excited. Way. The football world is excited. It's going to be a phenomenal week in football, weekend in football. I can't wait to talk to you guys about it next week. As always, thank you guys for joining us. We love it. We will see you next time. Enjoy football. Enjoy housewives, wine, life, everything. So until go Niners, go Bucks. <laughs> Niners and Bucks, let's go. <laughs> thank you guys. We'll see you next time. Good night. Good night.